We are currently eating our sushi with an NFT bidding process happening in real time. Are we witnessing the future of buying art? Hi, I'm Yanling. I'm Raven. And this is How to NFT. So Raven and I are on a journey to learn about blockchain. Last week, we delved into the process of buying our first NFT with people who have already done so. Now, I want to look into how I can launch my own series of NFTs and maybe, just maybe, ride this wave. For the coming two weeks, we will be speaking to various local NFT creators to find out more. Before the actual launch, there's a lot of work to be done, so we are going to learn about the different NFT projects and the thought process behind how they are conceptualized and created. Recently, Stories of Asia released an NFT collection drop with Sakae Sushi. Sakae Sushi is a sushi chain from Singapore. Yeni and I attended the event, and it was an interesting experience with live beating, merch sales, and even sushi making. So we speak to Sam to find out more about his NFT project. So basically, let me just share, right? This whole series, mm. we call it Kobe in Asia, yeah. right? So Kobe is basically, like I said, the chief content officer for StoryBuddy. Mm. And why Asia? Because as part of Stories of Asia, we wanted to help people in Asia tell their stories locally mm-hmm. to bring out different cultural aspects of it, for example, and also underappreciated occupations, for instance. So for this first edition, which is the Singapore edition, Kobe in Asia Singapore edition, where Kobe travelled to Singapore to tell the stories of Singaporeans in that sense, we soft-launched actually 20 pieces Mm. to kind of test out the market, whether it's we should carry on, we should kill it or whatever, because we are still quite new, right, after all. So thankfully, it was quite a success, Mm. so we're definitely launching more. The plan is to launch uh, 1,000 pieces in total. Wow. Okay, that's quite pieces. In fact, we have... (laughs) In fact, we have already drawn about, I think, 800 pieces already. So we're keeping some open for upcoming collaborations, actually. Mm. Um, Obviously, we won't be launching all 800 or 1,000 at one go because from an NFT point of view, it's also about demand and supply, right? And also a bit about that that teasing and also building up the story Mm. itself. So we're releasing another 20 pieces upcoming on the official launch day, 1st July with Sakai Group. So we actually partner Sakai Group to kind of work with them mm. on the backend utility, like some discounts. So check it out. You know, if you buy the, the Sakai NFTs, there's actually discounts, physical discounts okay. to Sakai's um, products. So there'll be another 20 pieces we're launching on 1st July itself, which will be really cute, which is tailored to the Sakai Japanese food kind of Kobe, basically. Mm, so yeah. cute. <laughs> As we speak to different creators, we found that utilities can vary from NFT to NFT and the possibilities are endless. In fact, we spoke to one who is literally aiming for the moon. Okay, hi, I'm, I'm Jay Spa and uh, I'm a content creator. I'm also a film director. At the same time, I'm an NFT creator. When it comes to content creation, I like to do something creative. And then when it comes to filmmaking, I like to tell stories. So when it comes to NFTs, likewise, I like to innovate in like how this thing can... Of course, I feel like NFT is the future. It's like, you know, back in the days when there's like a website, it's like a domain, it's like a Kickstarter. So that's how I see it will become and uh and i think from through my the nft project i also can tell stories i also can can make something inspirational from it jay's and the moonsi team are thinking big they want to create their own metaverse which they call the moonverse 
But what exactly is this metaverse about? What is this deal about buying virtual land in there? Yeah, so a uh, metaverse is more like a world that is uh within uh okay, it's, it's it's just a virtual world. Okay. Layman term is a virtual world, and metaverse is not only one. Metaverse can means like a lot. It's like multiverse, you know. There's a lot mm. of world, so there's going to be a lot of uh, uh metaverse in the future where. Uh, of course, uh, I will have my moon verse. There'll be other uh, other verse. You know, maybe um, let's say it's like uh, Raven. You want to have your verse? It'll be a Raven verse, that kind of thing. Mm, yeah. Then each one, because now people are you know uh, speculating about metaverse property, right? Real estate and stuff. Mm. And so, literally, mm. you are setting up. I would say. I think of it more as countries, like correct me if I'm wrong, I got the analogy mm-hmm. wrong. Like you, Jace, you will have correct, yeah. Jace country, which is your moon verse. I can have mm. my Yilin country, mm. yeah, Yilin verse and Raven mm. verse. And then we can sell bits of property within our uh, our verse. Yeah. Huh? Okay, okay, okay. Correct. As long as there's demand, there's, there's population in your world, uh, anything is possible, you can definitely have your own civilization. So okay. basically... Uh, because I'm trying to understand this uh, concept, uh, so so I ask this really new mm. question. So basically, no, all yeah. the different verses, multiverses, they are not talking to each other, right? Maybe I watched too much Marvel movies, uh. right? <laughs> 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 to the multi- yeah, they're all using the same uh. kind of uh, language. That's the thing. We're trying to separate the language and understand <laughs> better. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there's there's a there's a uh, a thing that uh, people gotta solve it. How are you gonna travel from from verse to verse? You know. Uh. Uh, but I guess for now, everyone, how everyone enters into their own metaverse is a different mm. way. Yeah, for us, it's as long as, long as you... Because our game will, will be on mobile, you know. Everything oh, will be on mobile okay. for now. So when you enter our mobile and you are on chain, you are technically inside our moonverse. But, I mean, just, just, just a term for it. Lah. We heard about blockchain-based platforms that pay you to play crypto yielding games where basically you can earn crypto and convert it to real-life cash. But how does this pay-to-earn model work? And how are Jay's Moonsees going to be different from the existing platforms in the market? So, tell us a little bit more about your project then. So, uh, uh, my project is uh, called Moonsee. So, Moonsee is... Uh, what's, what's the inspiration behind Moonsee is that, uh, of course, uh, if you see the characters, they are like a lot of cute characters. So, they are actually uh, made up of moon. So, it, mm. all... The face, you know, the very simple smiley face. It's just, they're all actually moon. Then, uh, just that they're wearing onesie. And uh, the onesie are like kind of like their armor, their body. So if you like remove remove the onesie, they're just a moon. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, why? I didn't, I didn't yeah. notice that. Okay. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, that's something if you really look into it. Oh, <laughs> shit, it makes sense. Okay. So, yeah. So it, it explains why, why the hand and leg, they're all like floating because it's kind of like attached to the gravity to the face. Oh. And, um, yeah, okay, why moon? Because uh I mean two two main things because um moon is more like you know a crypt in crypto term there's always like to the moon and like uh, moon is always where people try to reach, you know. Like literally where they can um it's like it's like a pig mm. line, you know. And um and I feel like moon is something where, you know, we all know it's, it kind of shine. Yeah. Yeah. Although it doesn't really shine, it's a reflection of the sun, but hmm. uh so that's how I see like everyone can be like a moon, you know, we can shine, oh. you know. Yeah. And it, it comes in different and the ones it come in different forms, shapes, sizes, and uh can be cute, can be cool, is very gender neutral. So in case you're wondering why why owning one, what does it make you feel and what, what does what, what will it bring to you? It's basically in a way I will, I will always tell people that you are investing in the ecosystem of uh Moonzi. So Moonzi 
is going to be like an IP. IP meaning intellectual property, whereby think of it as like back then, you have a, a Pokemon, you have Sega, you have all these brands. So all these brands stays in Web2. And uh, Web3 is also kind of a new space where you kind of have new characters and, uh, um, and there's a purpose to it. So by, okay, so for my project, like Monzi, when you own the NFT, you actually will own the mm. character. And this character will be the character that you can play in our game, uh, which will be in our Moonverse, mm. right? And our Moonverse Insights uh, has minigame, Battle Royale, have a lot, uh, also has a social mm. game. So, uh, so think of it as like, um, like Neopets, like Minecraft, like Roblox, or like um, a, a GTA, no games that are more sociable, but inside the social game, there's also uh, multiple mini-game aspects. Mm. And then, okay, so by owning the character, w- what makes you different is that uh, there is this sustainability of like, uh, you can play and earn. Okay, so what is play and earn? So, uh, okay, so, you know, like the games has transformed from, from many uh, years ago. Back then, it was, uh, uh, what, uh, it was, free to play, then pay to play. There's a lot of, uh, you know, ways of the game evolve. So right now in, in the Web3, it has become the play to earn. Uh, this is inspired from, you know, back in the COVID days where, uh, where people can't travel out of their house. Then um, there are people who fully rely on uh, play to earn and, and make a living. And I felt that that is actually a very uh, inspiring uh, thing to do with NFT because, uh like owning the NFT can make you earn money from it. And that is so cool. And I mean, of course, liquidity comes from people who pay money for the game. So in case you're wondering, and how does the ecosystem work? So same thing, likewise, except we are, we don't focus on just the earning part because uh, some games have actually faced the issue. Play Some play-to-earn game has faced the issue where people are just trying to earn the money. And when everyone is earning the money, no one is actually paying. Then at some point, it will just like, no money. So that's the issue. You know, so so we kind of come in and we innovate and we say, why not focus on the play more? And when you play more, naturally you will have more money. And at the same time, there's a bonus of earning from it. So you owning our NFT means that you can actually earn earn money. And how you earn is like you play you play the mini game, play all be part of all this activity inside the moonverse. And um, you can uh, when you earn the the, the moon gem uh, inside, you can actually uh, convert into Ethereum, and of course Ethereum you can convert back to your cash la. I mean that's that's how you earn money. Yeah, so yeah, that's what it is. Iqbal, whom we spoke to previously, is now working on a few NFT projects at the moment. Uh, I have a few projects that I'm currently working on, but uh, I'll share my own art first. So I have this project called Soul Beasts. So um, it's actually an art uh, journey or it's like an illustration collection that I've been working on since 2016. So what it uh, encapsulates is, uh, if you see, it's like uh, animal spirits manifesting into sneak, possessing sneakers and manifesting them into like uh, so-called badass, like like fighting or cool street uh, characters of sorts. Yeah, and uh, I've been working on that since 2016. I've uh, been doing that as a traditional art and then digital art, been getting commissions for it. And I felt that I think it's time for it to transcend into the Web3 space. So uh, I have them launched on a few platforms on Foundation, on crypto.com as well as OpenSea. Yeah, so you can check that out. You can follow me on my Twitter and then you can see that. 
Yeah, so that's one project. I have one more project that I'm currently working on. It's called Cool Kids NFT. So I'm the lead artist for this particular project. So it's in tandem with uh, Asian Television Awards. So the cool thing about Cool Kids is it's like a VIP ticket to uh, red carpet events like the Asian Television Awards itself or any other VIP or it gives you VIP access to any events that uh, the company is actually running as well as they are going to come up with like a metaverse so you can actually go in there where you have like live performances or even uh, collaborations with like uh, fashion brands you can actually go on and like maybe shop and then buy it online, buy it in the metaverse and get that in real life. So, yeah, that's something interesting to explore. Hopefully, uh, we are actually in the, the what you call it, the awareness phase where we are actually like trying to get people into our Discord channel, into our Twitter, getting followers and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah, hopefully uh, we, will, we will announce more uh, information soon on when is the minting date and the price and stuff like that. So, yeah. There are so many cool ideas out there, but it feels a little bit overwhelming at the same time. How does one actually get started in all these NFT projects? Like, How do you even start to conceptualize an idea? Sure. So I think we did study quite a fair bit, right? Because ultimately, like I said, this is quite a new space, at least for me and my team. I think within Asia, it's kind of just picking up. I mean, the first wave just died, and the second wave probably is coming up again. So when we did study, I think we realized in summary, there were three key components for projects that were really successful, right? So I mean, when you look at it in the market, most people think of it as just art pieces. It's just like a, a quick flip, you know, or even some people or most people might think that it's just a scam, basically digital scam in a sense, right? But if you look at the back end, what really makes a successful NFT project in, in common, what we've seen so far, three things actually. One is actually storytelling, which is how do you articulate a story? What is it all about? Like Kobe in Asia, right? Why start, Why Kobe in Asia? What's the purpose of it? That storytelling bit is typically what you see at the first layer, which most people usually do it, right? So that's one. The two parts that I think are more important and sustainable for the project is then first one will be the social cause, right? What's the social cause you're driving? For us, for example, you're raising funds to help the, the Asian and local community to, you know, raise their awareness, their portfolio, help them to grow in their career through mentoring. So that's the social cause that we have to give them a voice essentially, right? And that part is kind of missing a lot of projects where they focus on just, oh, this has good value and stuff, or this is an exclusive piece, but what is the real mission behind? What's the cost? Is it just to make money or is there something more meaningful behind it? So that's often missing at this moment, which is social cause. Third part, which is then what we call the utility or community behind it, right? So why do people buy NFTs? It's not just because they like art piece. Obviously, famous artists, when you sell it, people like it, they buy it, they want to own it. That's one part of it. But most of it, it could be computer generated. It could be just a generic art piece. But why is it able to sell so much? Because it's what's behind it. Essentially, what's the access to that person or that group itself that's of value? So for example, think of it as like an access pass or VIP card, right? If I have this, what does it entail? Do I get discounts at your outlet? Do I get to meet you as a celebrity? Do I get you know, first row tickets if I buy it or whatever it is, right? So that's a utility and community behind it where you have like-minded people, you can network, you can exchange perspective. And that's why really that three to four kind of components are that we have seen in the market that you know successful projects have. And I think it's very important to get started from that perspective to understand if you want to build a successful and more long-term kind of project, I think these are three components you need to consider for a start. So that's how we actually started. 
So Yan Ling, after hearing all these experiences and insights from other NFT creators, are you inspired after hearing the exciting projects? Yes, actually. But it's sounding like a lot more work than I expected it to be. <laughs> Honestly, I thought it was going to be like selling something on eBay or Carousel where you just upload something on the marketplace and just wait for sales. But it seems like marketing for an NFT project can be quite intense. You have to build a community, you have to establish your credibility and it is all very, very, very subjective at the moment. It's hardly a one-man show that I was thinking of running. Next week, we are speaking to NFT creators to learn more about the process of launching their NFTs. And if you want to hear more from our other guests coming up in our new episodes or catch up on our older ones, do remember to click follow on our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Or check us out on our Instagram and Facebook. Creators at Work is releasing our own NFT in September. Do keep a lookout and join us in our NFT journey. And a very big thank you to Audio Technical for being our audio partner. The information expressed in this podcast are solely the opinions of the individuals at the time of this recording and do not reflect the views of Freelance Creative Exchange and Creatives at Work. This information is for entertainment purposes only and it is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment or trading advice. Please do your own due diligence.